the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome to tonight's Andrea K Show. It is Friday Eve. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so glad to be with you guys tonight. Uh, glad to have my sidekick back with me tonight. He was a little under the weather. There's something nasty going around San Diego. Let me tell y'all, people getting sick right and left. It doesn't seem like it's getting people down for too long, too many days, but it's hitting hard around San Diego. And I'm wondering if that might have been Oh, also something taking uh, people down in Alabama because there was a debate last night and some few people, a few people on the stage looked a little sickly, looked a little weak, looked like they might have rather been home uh, having a little NyQuil knockout sleep. OK, so we, of course, are going to give you some the debate, everything you need to know if you didn't watch last night's debate. And let me tell you all. Even if you're a Trump supporter, there was some stuff that happened in last night's debate that were critical that you guys need to know about. So have no fear. Be glad that you didn't suffer through watching it yourself. Although I will tell you, it was probably one of the most entertaining debates I have seen in a long, long time. So uh, buckle up. Get ready to roll along for the ride. We've got... Uh, uh, lots of different ways that you can participate in the show. Email me at andreakeshow.com, andreakeshow.com. You can call our 24-hour hotline, 844-814-5227. And if you miss any part of the show, by all means, uh, download the podcast wherever you get your pods. And you can also follow and comment on all my socials at Andrea K. All right. Uh, Got to bring in my sidekick here. I'm not sure if he was feasting on popcorn when he was watching the debate last night or if he was serving up to himself and others a little spicy dish known as sesame broccolini. I love me some sesame bro- 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 broccolini. This guy, fiery like a dragon. Bro- bro- like a dungeon dragon. High heat. Sesame. Broccolini. Physically, I was ill and I'm still recovering but alas, I can assure you, <laughs> watching that debate kept the morale high. The spirits are good, um, <laughs> truly. And I have a lot of things to say. I'm glad that I watched it, honestly, looking back mm. now. It was it was pretty funny. And uh, there's there's some interesting nuggets of truth in there. And I also have some critiques. So, Yeah. Um, gosh, there's so much. There was so much that was interesting, that was entertaining, that was eye-opening, 
that was uh, some content that finally, this was the fourth debate, and we finally got to things like Operation Warp Speed and COVID vaccines, right? I think it was the first time that anything about January 6th had come up. It was probably... The, from a content standpoint, and it's and and it's for a variety of different reasons. First of all, and and I'm and, and I'm glad you guys are tuning in tonight because the ratings for this it was on a new media outlet called News Nation, and it, it's they've now gotten a whole bunch of former Fox people over there. When News Nation launched, the first and big name, the only one that they had over there was Leland Vittert, which is not exactly a big name. He was a little lefty. Uh, try and upstart at Fox News. And then they brought on Chris Cuomo. Now they've got Elizabeth Vargas and they've got a whole lot of other Fox people over there. So News Nation, I actually did a couple of hits on News Nation and they couldn't even, they couldn't even get my hit done properly because when they first started a year and a half or so ago, they were so low tech. It was like, it was crazy. It was so bad. But now it's like a legit outlet. They had the debate last night, but the ratings had dropped 47% since the previous uh, debate. And I, think in part because uh, no, who knows who knows about News Nation at this point, but also because there's nobody on that stage that is going to win the primary, right? And we just had Governor DeSantis last week debating Newsom. There's almost like there's almost burnout at this point on the part of Republicans, particularly since Trump is 60 points ahead. Um, before I get into some of the, I don't know, I don't know if I should get into some hot mic moments that didn't make it or get into some of the most um, telling uh, moments of the show. How should we proceed, Sesame Broccolini? Ooh, how, let's do the most like telling it? moments. Yeah, let's let's okay. do those. And we'll start there. I do want to hear the uh, hot mic stuff, though, because um, there's always so much that's that's not said that's left, you know, for, for behind the scenes or something or off stage. And I actually think it's funny, too, because Chris Christie had some words with the manager of that debate afterwards. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> among other well, things, think it, which is not surprising. Yeah. I mean, he got roasted and toasted. And it, it's I mean, there's no reason for him to even be in this race at this point. Um, there, right. He's really I just think, not a serious candidate. And, and and that's what the polls show. Right. I mean, it's it's clear. Yeah. The people don't want him. Well, right. Well, I want to start with the fact that at, uh, post-debate that um, Fox News came out and declared Dickie Haley the winner. <laughs> and that's just speaking of non-serious. <laughs> that's gotta be See, a you're joke, laughing. Right? <laughs> See, you're laughing. Uh, and they actually they had a they had a graphic uh, up that said "Pulse of the People," the winner number one, Nikki Haley, and it was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, clearly they're so in the tank for her. It's not even funny. It was laughable because the consensus is clearly that Nikki. Haley was absolutely destroyed. And we're going to get into some of the details why. And that's one of the reasons why, if you didn't watch, it's important for you to be tuning in tonight um, because she was absolutely destroyed in the debate, completely destroyed. Um, I, I, I think I want to start, though, with uh, somebody who wasn't even on the debate stage. And one of my biggest takeaways of the night was the return of Megyn Kelly. And one of the reasons why it was epic is because she, I believe she learned her lesson when she was a moderator in the first debate in 2015, where there was 15 people trying to, to take the Republican primary. She made herself, and I predicted it the morning of the debate, she made herself the central figure in that debate, and it blew up in her face. And last night, she redeemed herself because she did not make it in any way about her. But what she did was she opened that debate with opening questions that were withering and blistering of every candidate. 
with Vivek Ramaswamy. She blasted him for his rudeness with him starting by saying he was going to be a uniter and by debate two has now branded himself as just a destroyer. And he did that again last night. She didn't get any nicks on him because that's his role. She came out against Nikki Haley for having been bankrupt, took a page out of uh, Ramaswamy and busted her in an opening question for having been bankrupt when she left the UN and now worth millions of dollars worth crony out of crony capitalism. For DeSantis, she busted him on his electability and he's down 30 points in his own state and why should he even be in the race? But it was Chris Christie who was killed. That It was a kill shot from Megyn Kelly at the open of the debate. And almost nobody is pulling the clips from the opening questions. And that's why I'm talking about it. And I don't know if you saw that portion of the debate, but when she opened with Chris Christie by saying your whole purpose of being in the this campaign is to take down Trump. He still has 85 percent uh, favor among Republicans. You you only have 25 percent favorability. And New Hampshire voters have said they will be mad and angry if you end up winning. What are you doing here, basically? I thought it was an absolutely brilliant way to start. And Trump had to have been happy about it because there was nobody after her opening question. Every one of them at that point should have packed their little ditty bags and headed home. Your thoughts, Sesame? Well, I think it's great. I mean, these are the facts. This is just the data. This isn't even about spin or politics. The, the truth of the matter is that Chris Christie is not he's not a popular politician. He doesn't have a good track record. He's got a lot of baggage. People have heard his message over and over and over again, and they speak with their votes. They don't like what Chris Christie is, is trying to sell them. So I think it's about time that and it's funny coming from Megyn Kelly because of her, you know, her history, especially with these debates. So it's nice to see her rebound strongly just by approaching from journalistic integrity. These are the facts. This is the data. You are not a popular politician. The fact that you're even here is remarkable. Explain yourself. What is your vision for, you know, for, for the next right. few months and the coming weeks as we get right. closer and closer and to primary day? Because it's just, it's about time someone hold his feet to the fire, I guess. And it's even nicer so, yeah, to see Megyn Kelly. Like, what right. a strong same. stride and what a great statement yes. to make Absolutely. as a comeback. Abs- and it was the same thing with DeSantis on electability. And mm-hmm, and one mm-hmm. of the reasons why she chose that word is because she knows that he has been all over social media with him and his influencers saying he's the one that can be so elected. He's the one, he, he you know, he's the one that can win in a general election when he's 30 points down in his own state. And by the way, she had a panel that was uh, going to be on her um, Sirius XM show after the debate and caught in a hot mic was one of her panelists uh, commenting about DeSantis before he took a question and said he looked like his dog had been shot. I mean, he was so <laughs> awkward. <laughs> was just rubbing his thighs and just, you know, his body language. I mean, you know, it was just absolutely. Yeah. So that was one of the hot mic moments. Another hot mic moment I want to share with you guys before we take a break. And then we're going to bring in a, a guest who hasn't been on the Andrew K show. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure if this may be his first time. But Laura Loomer tweeted out that the, that she heard a hot mic mm-hmm. at the moment at the GOP debate <laughs> that Megyn Kelly was saying, uh, we don't have any seat fillers tonight, which is that way, if there's a commercial, you know, if somebody's in the bathroom, you know, they, they, they don't look like they've got an empty auditorium. So she says to um, Ileana Johnson, we don't have any seat fillers. And then Ileana says, uh, the, uh, yes, we do. And Kelly then said, well, don't tell them that. <laughs> which obviously was referring to the people on the stage. 
Um, I think that that was, uh, you know, very uh, truthful as as a hot mic moment. That and the hot mic moment about DeSantis looking like he had shot his dog. We're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to bring in Craig Huey, uh, who has a podcast and uh, get his take on um, he's a political commentator, blogger and business expert. And his podcast is the Huey Report. And he will be with us when we come back. K, Dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on the answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. If you didn't get a chance to watch the fourth presidential primary uh, debate for the Republican Party last night, it was quite entertaining, and we're going to continue our discussion with it because we haven't even gotten some of the most important content. Uh, that happened uh, because there's lots that you've got to analyze when you're looking at it. I think it's important to analyze the moderators. We talked about Megan Kelly, who I thought did a really good job last night uh, with her questions. Uh, we, you've got to analyze the content and, and the topics that were covered, as well as the performance uh, by the candidates themselves. And uh, joining me now to continue our discussion is Craig Huey. He is an author, political commentator, blogger, and business expert. He's written five books, including America in Crisis, The 12, Gre- 12 Greatest Dangers to Your Prosperity, Freedom, and Future, One on the Deep State. He has the Huey Alert podcast, which he and his wife host. And, of course, he's been all over uh, media from Fox News to Newsmax, C-SPAN, and beyond. And he joins me now. Hey, Craig Huey, welcome to the Andrea K. Show. Hey, Andrea, it's great to be with you. Okay, so I'm going to play a clip from Ms. Kelly, who I'm not sure if you agree. I thought she did a, a phenomenal job. I thought her questions were incredibly yeah. fair, tough, mm-hmm. uh, equally tough on each candidate. I thought they were um, content. Um, I thought they were fact-based and what you want to see. Um, of course, my uh, my take has always been I don't I really don't believe in, the, in any kind of debate format with a moderator. I think I, I think an intern should just set a clock, give them, you know, a topic and, and then, you know, then let them debate. Um, but if we're going to have a debate with moderation, I thought she did a great job last night. Um, I want to oh. play I want to play a clip from her um, about what her prediction based upon last night's debate and get your reaction. Sesame, if you can play, play that. I bet you there's going to be a little movement in the polls after this because DeSantis, you know, it was like, it was the guy we kind of thought he could be. And it wasn't in any way set up like this, but DeSantis had issues that are important to him brought up last night. And it's not like we said, oh, let's let's bring these up for Ron DeSantis. We brought these issues up because conservatives care about these issues. Yes. Trans, the vaccine injury, COVID. Um, and he was very strong on those. He hasn't really had a chance to speak to a lot of these issues in the last debates because you got the Univision anchor out there talking about the dreamers. Right. Do you agree, Craig Huey? Oh, absolutely. Ron DeSantis was back. I mean, he he was feisty. He was aggressive. Uh, He did a a great job in trying to define it. Remember, you know, if uh, when I take a look at these debates, I take a look at 
from a marketing perspective. And the first thing is to identify your audience. And that's what DeSantis was able to do. He identified the audience, which the core audience is Iowa, New Hampshire, and South Carolina. That's the first primary. And then the second part, from a marketing standpoint, is the separation, the unique selling proposition, what separates him. Well, and of course, who, is he need, who does he need to be separated from? Trump. And so the COVID issue came up, and he, he ran with that. Uh, he, he really did try to define himself as different from the people on the stage as well as Trump. And then the other idea is, you know, what's the big, big idea or the theme? And Ron DeSantis was able to really stress the fact that he was probably one the most conservative alternative to Trump. And I think he probably did a good job. Did it move the needle? Not much. But did yeah, he do I, uh, yes. Yeah, I think I, I, I don't I think that Vivek Ramaswamy was able, I think that uh, before the break, I was playing a, a, or commenting on a hot mic moment that happened from somebody on Megyn Kelly's panel from her show who said that Ron DeSantis looked like he, you know, um, had just shot his dog. He still struck. <laughs> I think that I think that I think the problem for DeSantis, I agree with her de- assessment that she also went on to say that Nikki Haley was destroyed. She was crushed uh, mm-hmm. last night. Nikki Haley is completely done. Okay, completely done. Um, Nikki Haley is done and Chris Christie are done because Vivek Ramaswamy destroyed them. But and we're going to get into some of the details on that in a moment. But in the course of Vivek Ramaswamy destroying Nikki Haley and destroying Chris Christie, uh, I think Ron DeSantis was again drowned out. Because the whole purpose, and, and, and Vivek Ramaswamy is being accused today of not being a serious candidate because, you know, he, you know, uh, hijacked, you know, I think I might even have a clip that, you know, but uh, that he hijacked the debate um, with, you know, some of his stuff that he did. And uh, that's that's your job in a debate is to rise, is to somehow separate yourself, like you just said, from the others and get your moment and have your clips go viral. And you can be right on the issues but if nobody hears you because you're, you're you're not able to work a room you're not able to capture the attention of an audience you can't win a, you can't win a campaign so let's talk about nikki haley for a moment i think mm. one of the reasons why if for those and i want to get your take on this i think for those that didn't watch last night nikki haley was was exposed for the fact that as vivek ramaswamy said foreign policy her whole claim to fame is foreign policy experience yes. Um, and 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 um, and one of the reasons why she uh, uh, doesn't mention much about her time as as governor of South Carolina is because it's marked with wokeism. Um, so her claim to fame, she was the OG of having t- statues torn down after uh, the church shooting. But I think Vivek Ramaswamy. Um, with DeSantis, but mainly it was Vivek Ramaswamy who said, who took her down on foreign policy, who said, you know, foreign policy experience does not equate to foreign policy wisdom. And he completely destroyed her and, and, and said, here you are pushing for a Ukraine war and you can't name three provinces where you would send American sons and daughters to die in. Did that not completely kill her? Yeah, you know, I think there was a combination that killed her. And, you know, she came across in the other debates 
And if you if you're in Iowa right now, you're seeing great TV commercials of her. You've got this picture of her as being articulate, dynamic, and a conservative. Well, this completely destroyed that. Uh, and, and so the clips that are going to be used for digital ads, the clips that are going to be used for TV commercials, uh, the 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 uh, damage is definite. DeSantis. Uh, uh, he concentrated on the idea, Nikki's getting Wall Street liberal donors. That's what he said, Wall Street liberal donors. And he is, uh, you know, uh, right on that because Nikki has gotten $250,000 donation from LinkedIn's co-founder. He's a big uh, billionaire, Reed Hoffman, and his Stand for American PAC donated uh, to <laughs> Nikki Haley, and she won't give the money back. She won't give the money to a charity, and 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 then she's getting Wall Street money as well. So between the mm-hmm. Vic, who then uh, went after her on on the Ukraine issue, you've got DeSantis going on uh, liberal donations, and she just looks as if she's going to be a puppet of mm-hmm. uh, of the left. And uh, and no explanation for it. I think that's going to destroy her in Iowa and it's going to hurt her badly in New Hampshire. And also it's going to undermine her in her own state of South Carolina, the third primary coming up. So your prediction um, for the primary? Uh, Unless something dramatically happens. Uh, it, it, Trump is still way ahead, but I, I've got to tell you this. Ron DeSantis did something in Florida that most Republicans don't know. Republicans are 10 to 15 be- years behind in, uh, the Democrats in their marketing efforts. They don't know how to get out the vote. They don't know how to be able to make sure that they use the right uh, data to identify their voters and make sure that they vote like the Democrats do. And and DeSantis has conquered that in Florida. He's perfected that in Florida. And and that's why he won by a huge margin. Well, he's taking that same ground operation to Iowa. If if DeSantis fails in Iowa, then then it's, it, I, I think it's going to be over for him. I, I, he's, he's not going to do something in New Hampshire. He's put all of his resources there. What about yep. Trump? Trump's putting all his money in his uh, attack ads and his advertising, not to promote Trump, but to attack DeSantis, not Haley, not Vivek, not Chris Christie. Uh, it's DeSantis. So uh, Trump knows that this ground game that's what we have to take a look at. It's kind of, it doesn't show up in the polls, but it right. will be showing up on election, well, in, that, in this case, caucus day. Well, Craig Huey, thank you for being here. And that's some interesting insight as to where we go from here. And all eyes are going to be on Iowa real soon. Thank you for being here, Craig Huey. Great. Bye. Take good care. All right. We're going to continue this discussion. I want to get some more insight from my man, DJ Sesame Broccolini, when we come back. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, FM 96.1, and streaming all over the world.
You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea Kay on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay show. I think it's time to play some more interesting clips because there was, from last night's debate, because there was um, some interesting content uh, that came out in the debates um, one of which, and we were just talking to Craig Huey, he talked about the transgenderism. It finally came up in a way that was irrelevant. And I thought uh, DeSantis had, had some good moments on that. Um, before we get into that, any any follow-up, that anything you want to share, Sesame Broccolini, based upon my conversation with Craig Huey? He seemed like he was solidly in the DeSantis corner. Yeah, I um I agree with him that Nikki Haley obviously bombed. I, I don't think that DeSantis did as well as... as- no. I, I really I don't like DeSantis. I'm biased against him. I understand that. But I really just don't think he comes off as very awkward and he he certainly knows the issues right. and he seems passionate. So I respect that. And I know he was a, a JAG officer and a Navy SEAL. So I, I respect all of that. But I just I don't see the X factor. He doesn't get me excited right. in the same way that somebody like Trump motivates me and makes me care about this country again and makes me want to get back in the ring. It's like I just I don't. I think he'd probably be fine, but he seems a little too establishmenty, a little too yeah. rehearsed and formulaic for my taste. I like a, a you know someone who who fires from the hip, who uh, who isn't rehearsed, who isn't polished. I, I like that Trump is rough around the edges. A lot of people don't, but that's one of the things I love about him most. So with DeSantis, there's just a lot that's he leaves a lot to be desired, I guess. So I, I, he was fine, but. I don't think he was anything special or extraordinary in that debate. I think, well, I think that that there's a there's two things can be right at the same time. DeSantis had good comments on things and was right on mm-hmm. some policy. That doesn't make that doesn't mean he did well last night, because part of a part of a debate is the performance element. Were you charismatic? Are you persuasive? That's what you're not just selling a product. Okay. When, when you watch home shopping network and somebody's and somebody's trying to sell you a blazer, they don't just stand there and hold up the blazer. They pitch it, right? They sell it. A sales campaign is just that it's salesmanship. You got to be able to sell the product and service. In this case, sell yourself. Just being right and, and saying the right words doesn't mean you did well. And that's where he failed. Let me play a clip of somebody who did well in the debate last night. And this is the clip of Ramaswamy to Nikki Haley about her being bankrupt when she left the U.N. Nikki, you were bankrupt when you left the U.N. After you left the U.N., you became a military contractor. You actually started joining service on the board of Boeing, whose back you scratched for a very long time and then gave foreign multinational speeches like Hillary Clinton is. And now you're a multimillionaire. That math does not add up. It adds up to the fact that you are corrupt. And when I said they were bought and paid for, I meant the Republican establishment, not the Democratic establishment. Now you have Reid Hoffman, the person who's effectively George Soros Jr., funding lawsuits across this country against Donald Trump to keep him off the ballot, funding left-wing causes. We discovered this week that he is one of Nikki Haley's largest supporters. Larry Fink, the king of the woke industrial complex, the ESG movement, the CEO of BlackRock, the most powerful company in the world, now supporting Nikki Haley. That energy, that's charisma. That's fierce, right? That's somebody that speaks to me. That's somebody who's, who's, who's able to articulate 
not just the facts, but do so in a way that completely grabs me and grabs my attention. And oh, by the way, he didn't just talk about the fact uh, no offense to Craig Huey, that she's getting this money from the Soros affiliate, but that who, what that person is all about is funding the deep state weaponization of the DOJ against a former president of the United States. This woman has no business being anywhere near the seat of power, and she's refusing to denounce ESG, which is the re- precursor to us having social me- uh, media, uh, social credit scores. And oh, by the way, another thing that he did successfully to completely destroy Nikki Haley was the fact that she lied and said that she did not suggest that American citizens have to show their ID in order to have a social media account, which she did. It's caught on tape. He also busted her for lying about uh, the, the fact that she just was on. She and DeSantis both busted her for the fact that she lied when she uh, about the fact that she said on video just two days ago that the government should not be stopping or banning the transgenderism of children in this country. She is a Trojan horse, far left liberal meant to destroy us via the Republican Party. That, to me, is persuasive. And we're going to talk later on in the show, Sesame Broccolini, about a short list of people in the Trump administration. And I know there's many people who question his background, but I have a hard time believing that Vivek Ramaswamy does not have actual concerns about these issues. He convinced me that he actually, he's not just regurgitating talking points, but he actually believes in these issues. That's somebody I want in the cabinet. Am I wrong? Well, I think you're spot on, especially he said this last night, but it's been true all along. And it's the same thing that I like about Donald Trump a lot. This guy is an outsider. He comes mm-hmm. from a completely different world, a world in which real people have to do real things for real clients and they can't just kick the can down the road. If you're a government bureaucrat your whole life or even an office holder, you do live in something of a bubble. And that's not necessarily a knock. It's just an observation of the reality. If if your compensation is guaranteed to you by the federal government every single year, you don't have to deal with the stresses of actually working in industry where things can be chaotic and tumultuous and there's peaks and valleys and you actually have to service real clients with real products and deliverables that work and your bottom dollars on the line. So Trump comes in talking about being able to, to cut deals. And that makes sense, especially coming from real estate and big business. And it's the same with Vivek. He's an outsider. He doesn't mm-hmm. come from this world. So whether you like him or whether you're skeptical of him, I don't know if I would vote for him necessarily. But number one, he does, he does know what the issues are, clearly. He's, he's clearly got enough common mm-hmm. sense to understand what voters really want to talk about because he's basically the only person last night that mentioned the deep state. Or January six, yes, yes. or what's going on at the border? It's like, or the cultural conquest through legal and illegal immigration of America. Like he's he's hitting all of the things that I want to hear mm-hmm. as a MAGA person. So clearly, he's right. smart enough to know what what most American patriots at this moment right. are Let's most concerned right. about. Right, and what and what he said, uh, folks. If if you didn't hear him last night, he said, "Why am I the only one who's mentioning the fact that Jan six was an inside job?" What else did he mention? He mentioned Jan 6 was an inside job that, um, oh gosh, there was like multiple things on his list, that the great replacement theory is not a theory. It's the Democrats, it's the Democrats agenda. Um, There was a couple of other things that he mentioned related to the deep state. And of course, Megyn Kelly, the one thing I didn't like about it, and I don't like it about the format is, and I don't think she was intentionally just trying to get off of Jan 6. It's like she had her questions and they had their videos and stuff they had to get to. Um, But after the debate, 
um, he was on with uh, Dana Bash, and she asked him about this, Mm -hmm. about Jan 6. And uh, I have a clip for his response, um, because I want you guys to hear what he has to say here. And and quite frankly, even if he doesn't believe any of this stuff, this is what, at least he's saying this, and the American people are hearing this. Sesame, if you can play the clip. There is no evidence that it is an inside job. It was a fringe conspiracy theory that the Trump-appointed FBI director, Christopher Wray, has said explicitly over and over is just not true. So let me, you know, I appreciate the opportunity to address it. I was an anti-woke crusader leaving the business world. And if you had asked me three years ago, is there some chance January 6th is an inside job? I would have said that was crazy talk. I would say looking at the facts of the video footage that have come out, Dana, it is shocking that you still haven't gotten a clear answer of how many federal agents were in the field that day. Look at now the video footage of actually throwing explosives and rubber bullets into what was a peaceful crowd, then releasing to the public what came in response to that. But now look at the video footage that was released. And I'm glad we're talking about it because viewers deserve to look at that footage. Capitol Police literally letting people in who were then now prosecuted, some of whom have gone on to commit suicide because of what the government's doing. That is a case of entrapment. And I think the government has not been transparent about this, which is why I then brought up another case where the government, now 20 years later, with declassified documents, tells us that they lied to us at the time. And so I do think we have a government that's people. consistently lied to its people. An inside job suggests that everybody was who, who attacked the Capitol was well, part of No, it doesn't. That's not what an inside job means. So see how they try to play the word games in order to try to push their narrative, including the fact that she's like, oh, FBI director, you know, was a Republican and a Trump appointee. I don't care. I wish Vivek had had addressed that, that the deep state that's weaponized against us includes the Republicans, although he bashed the Republican Party well on the stage. The other thing he mentioned in his list was the lie from 20 years ago uh, was about how the United States government covered up the Saudi uh, government involvement in 9-11. He is the only one talking about it. Uh, Nobody else was talking about it. Ron DeSantis didn't talk about it. Nikki Haley, of course, didn't. And neither did Chris Christie. Because everybody else on that stage is is a partner directly or indirectly with the deep state for their career aspirations of becoming president. And that makes them my enemy. Sesame? Yeah, look, this is... We're we're getting down to really a a case of establishment versus anti-establishment. It is plain Mm -hmm. and simple, that cut and dry. There are some people, ironically, the people who we've talked about this before, the people who say we need to defund the police, they want to build a police state, and they've successfully done it. Um, Leftists in this country, they own the institutions. They are rapidly repurposing them, using them to indoctrinate people, censor us, silence us, lock us up in our homes, like we saw during the COVID-19 tyranny and and those lockdowns. It's... and, and, and. just the complete lack of transparency, the fact that we have to still wonder about what's going on with J6 or everything from JFK's death to what's really going on with the Russiagate hoax. It's this government does not want to give us any information. They are not on our team anymore. This this government, you have all these giant bureaucracies, including the FBI, replete with their own funding, their own agenda, their own partisan actors who basically operate without accountability and without oversight from the people. And they are stealing this republic, eroding our election mm-hmm. systems, criminal, weaponizing our justice system against Trump and any other dissident that criticizes leftists in power. It's happening in real time. They are turning this place into the Soviet Union. Um, and, and look, with Vivek, I'm glad that he's talking about this. It's These are basic facts. Look at the yeah. J6 footage. Listen to the people who were actually there at the, at, at the 
peaceful protests on the Capitol Hill grounds. Look at the actual data. There is such a big disconnect between the left-wing progressive narrative about these events and all of these mm-hmm. issues, whether it's you know uh, puberty blockers or abortion. There's so such a big disconnect between what they say and what we know to be true and instinctually what we feel intuitively. So he's really just touching on what people instinctively get. Sure, they say Bidenomics is working, but this economy is not healthy. People know that. So when you have a politician like Vivek come along and finally say it, it's, it's such a refreshing break from all the gaslighting that we get 24-7 yeah. because that's what it is. Constant gaslighting from the Democrat Party and from the administration. Well, so, and a constant cover-up and a yes, constant yes. cover-up as well as included in the Republican Party. Imagine if we did not have Vivek Ramaswamy at these debates mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a break. We come back. there. Finally, for the first time, we had a question in the debate that had to do with the, the Operation Warp Speed and the COVID shots and their mandates. And we're going to talk about that when we come back. And then we're going to be done with our debate wrap up. But uh, we had some interesting stuff that, that the Republican Party needs to know about where some of these people stand because Trump is working on his cabinet. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Andrea Kay, telling you like it is, while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. Uh, finally, last night, uh, we've the into the fourth debate, multiple town halls with Trump, by the way. Trump gets asked a lot uh, about COVID and the COVID shots. Um, of course, but this was last night was the first debate with the, you know, the the backups, the wannabes, where anything related to co- the, the COVID shots or COVID itself was raised. Uh, and um, it was refreshing that uh, Megyn Kelly asked about it, asked about Operation Warp Speed, and did they think it was a good idea? And of course, Vivek Ramaswamy had the best answer. He said that it was uh, that uh, basically, you know, Trump did what he, you know, had to do at the time. But looking back, um, it's it's a warning as to why we need to have complete separation of businesses from government, that public private partnerships are a disaster. It's nothing but crony capitalism. And the second thing is, he says, is it was a lesson in why free speech is so critical, that if people have been allowed to question, and that including doctors and scientists, and share the truth, the mandates wouldn't have happened. And we wouldn't have so many people that were hurt. DeSantis for the first time jumped in um, and said, and but he mentioned specifically the mRNA shots. Um, that is, and that was, of course, Ron DeSantis sitting on a fence post and showing that he's more establishment than he is the conservative that he claims to be. Because I don't care what kind of shot it was, the mRNA shots were not the only ones that were mandated and they were not the only ones with a problem. Your thoughts, Sesame Broccolini? Yeah, he, I guess you could just say it's sort of an exercise in revisionist history a little bit. He clearly doesn't yes. want to talk about anything with, with, with his COVID policy response. And he, he's over-exaggerating how bad. I don't think people give Trump enough credit. Look, you're, you're 
a, a president wrapping up your first term and all of a sudden a virus comes out and we don't know where or or what's happening, but clearly the who's lying about it in the CDC, but it's very infectious and it's making people sick. I don't think people give Trump enough credit in the moment. He was there at the very beginning. We had no data and he's sitting there wondering what to do. I, I don't want to make excuses and, and for being him. But... Told by, and being told by the CDC and the NIH yes, and the NIAID think... that 25 million people will die. Exactly. DeSantis, I think, is he's obviously misrepresenting the, the situation, which is what he's been known to do. And honestly, Haley kind of hits hits on him for doing that. And so does Ramaswamy. <laughs> and I'm glad that they do. It's, it's fair. He's been known to embellish, uh, which is what everybody does, I guess, to some extent. But he he really likes to play the, the COVID card against Trump. That's one of his common attacks. And it's very interesting coming from him who was not in Trump's position. You know, he didn't have to walk a mile in that man's shoes in that position. So it's obviously an outsider's critique and it's easy to be a critic. I don't think that he would have done anything differently. Um, and he did lock down Florida uh, and he did a lot of other things wrong. He he's completely misrepresenting the facts and he's twisting things, which is when I think people, again, intuitively sense that they pick up on that. And that's why in the polls you see DeSantis's message is not hitting with people. It's really just not. He's he's hitting a kind of a wall here with his popularity. He might be able to get some aspect of the Republican Party, but I don't think he's popular enough to win a primary or a general. What do you I mean, what right. do you well, think? Well, yeah. And it bothers me because he was absolutely right on last night when it came to the transgender stuff, mm-hmm. because yeah. Nikki Haley and I'm not even going to bother with the clip, uh, but Nikki Haley lied. She did say that the government uh, should not be in the business of banning it. Uh, you know, she's trying to say that she's, you know, against it for anybody under 18. You know, no, that's not true. Uh, it needs to be banned. Um, you know, Governor Christie went on to say it's about parental rights. Well, no, it's not parent- about parental rights. He's like uh, using the same rhetoric. I trust parents. It, why would you trust parents with this? If And Governor DeSantis spoke up and said, this is not a parental rights issue. We don't allow parents to abuse their children. Parents parents aren't allowed to take their kid into a bar. He didn't say this. And and pour alcohol down their throats. Parents aren't allowed to, you know, let their chi- give their kids cigarettes. That's absurd. And, and DeSantis went on to say, this is about mutilating children, cutting off their genitals, rendering them sterilized. So he absolutely was, I was glad that this finally came up in a way to where they were forced, each one of them was forced to show where they stand on the issue. That was the worst line of messaging I've ever heard out of a Republican, and I don't want to hear it out of any Republican's mouth again. This is not about parental rights. This is about the mutilation and the destruction of children, and it needs to stop, and the Republican Party needs to get on board with that rhetoric from um, that same way that DeSantis was expressing it. Um, because and that, it, by the way, is how Americans across this country view it, unless they're demented and as mentally ill as those with this disorder. Do you agree, Sesame, or not? Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Look, I am not. Obviously, I'm I'm no medical, you know, I'm no doctor or, or doctor or anything. But I can I can say this much. Number one, it's in the DSM for psychologists. So gender dysphoria is a real thing. But number two, this is beyond mental health. It's a propaganda. It's a giant, giant testament to the fact that propaganda is very powerful. People don't want to 
connect the dots here, but it's the indoctrination that's leading to this explosion in trans identifying people. You have teen, you have teachers telling students, oh, you're a boy and you like the color pink. Maybe you're actually a girl trapped inside a boy's body. And so we should make you look on the outside like how you feel on the inside. And then these kids run home and tell their parents and their parents go, what? We don't agree to this. Parents' rights, parents' rights. And I, I understand that instinct, but... Like you're saying, more than anything, this is about what is right and what is wrong. There is no situation or context in which it is affirming or appropriate or good to try to turn a a boy, an embodied soul made in the image and likeness of God, and God does not make mistakes, to try to turn a boy into a girl simply because you want to make some unwell adult feel more secure in their unwellness. This is a big exercise in social contagion, which is why it's exploded in the last five years and mostly in schools. You have some liberal arts colleges where up to 40% of female students say they identify as bi or queer or even trans. So that's everything from uh, last night's debate, but it's uh, really uh, the hottest topics we have. And these are things that we've got to be discussing as Republicans and as conservatives going forward. We're going to take a break. We come back. Next hour, uh, Tom DeVacaro will be here. Trump, there's leaks coming out that Trump has narrowed things down for his cabinet. It's one that's based in loyalty. We're going to talk about that. There's other stories that we've got to get into on tonight's Andrea K. Show. So stick around because we've got so much more to share with you guys. There's breaking news on the border that's happening and more. So don't go away. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, FM 96.1 and streaming all over the world. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 